Itami Media Group's 2 million download celebration. Hami Media would like to say thank you to all of our sponsors for supporting our free independent media platform. As we continue to grow with listener and sponsor support, we look forward to partnering with other creators looking to grow their audience, artists, debuting their work, and offering the best artisan products for our listeners to enjoy. Thank you to the following sponsors. Stevie Richards Fitness. Stuck at home? Gyms closed? You can be a band new you anywhere with the Stevie Richards Fitness Resistance Band Training Program. Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and join the SRF Resistance today. Zordos Olive Oil. Zordos Olive Oil. Imported ultra premium Greek olive oil. Available now at ZordosOliveOil.com. Taste the difference for yourself. The Coffee Broasters at TheBroasters.com. The only place to get the limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Get up and have a cup of bro, bro. Exclusively from TheBroasters.com. ProWrestlingTees.com. The best way to support your favorite independent wrestlers, podcasts, and hosts from Hami Media Group and Russo Brand is to get their merchandise exclusively at ProWrestlingTees.com. Podcorn.com. Podcorn is the place for podcasters and sponsors to network, find guests, sell ad space, and create new opportunities to build your brand at podcorn.com. And Hami Media Group welcomes our newest sponsor, Tech Memes Ride Home Podcast. When the New Yorker magazine asked Mark Zuckerberg how he gets his news, he said the one news source he definitely follows is Tech Meme. For more than two years and 700 episodes, the Tech Meme Ride Home has been Silicon Valley's favorite tech news podcast. The Tech Meme Ride Home is a daily podcast, only 15 to 20 minutes long, and every day by 5 p.m. Eastern, it's all the latest tech news. So listen to the one podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every single day. Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Hello, everybody out there in Hami Media Podcast land. It is your man, Triple D, the founder, well, one of the co-founders of Dippin' Donuts, one of the co-founders of Zerdos Olive Oil, also the man that helped bring Russo Bro Coffee to all you Russo brand fans and Hami Media fans. Yes, it is I, the biggest infidel of them all, here to give you a podcast with something that I absolutely love, and that is Star Trek. 
This ain't the NFL, baby. This is Star Trek. This is the real deal stuff right here. So, but for right now, though, it's just going to be me. Uh, hopefully, I can bring on a, a co-host on. I'd like that because, you know, as Stevie said, doing a one-man show is really difficult. So, <laughs> but uh, I just, you know, just to give you guys a little background information on myself. My name is Dimitri Zerdos, you know, and... I am your local donut and coffee guy. Oh, I, I work uh, uh, six, seven days a week uh, at my parents' donut shop. Uh, I uh, love to play golf. I'm a six handicap golfer. Uh, usually me and the hacker like to play some golf along with ref sideburns who always cheats at fucking golf. And yes, there will be some cursing on this podcast. So don't play it for the, for the kiddos or tell the kiddos that some language is going to be spoken here and they shouldn't repeat these words so uh but you know i just you know i've always loved star trek i think star trek is a great great series it is a great franchise star trek has brought to us so many things now was in star we're in star trek along with the whole idea of the artificial intelligence and AI and everything else. In a lot of Star Trek shows and a lot of Star Trek movies, it's usually the machine that's causing a lot of the issues. That brings me to my topic today that I want to discuss. But before I get to that topic, uh, hopefully soon I'm going to create a Facebook page for this podcast, Triple D's outstanding star trek podcast that's gonna be the name of the podcast i figure why not uh so hopefully we're gonna create a facebook page for that along with an email server here so you can email me you smooth brains hopefully you smooth brains actually email me so i can read some emails and answer some of your questions that you have and also read some hate mail and you can call me a piece of crap and this and the other thing so i look forward to that but that's not set up yet because um, I, I I wish I wish I wish I did this full time because I would have everything set up. But hopefully soon everything will get set up very very soon. Uh, so, but first I just want to say you know hopefully I hope everyone who loves Star Trek is enjoying the new Star Trek content that's on CBS All Access. Uh, Picard was unbelievable. What a great series Picard was. Uh, Discovery was great. Lower Decks just came out. I still have to watch that. That looks really, really funny. I love uh, the comedy in Star Trek. To me, the comedic timing in Star Trek is is absolutely perfect. And I look forward to watching Lower Decks and to laugh my ass off. But before I go into the top, but before I dive in, I also want to have a little rant and just like the NFL guys, the Star Wars guys, my rant is on the Star Trek fans. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, all these Star Trek fans, they want to say that series like Discovery or Picard isn't canon. Do me a favor, kill yourselves because it is canon because it says Star Trek and it is canon. Okay. You may not like it because... Oh, they altered stocks, they altered Spock's, you know, origin story from the original series. Motherfuckers, they did it in Star Trek V when they found out that Cybok was Spock's half-brother. They, but 
but we don't see Star Trek V not being canon. Star Trek V is part of canon. So they create something different. It's like in comic books, when they release new comic books, like DC released the new 52 and they had all new origins and all new storylines. It was interesting because you saw different things and it gave a different spin on the character and it was kind of cool. But they did tie it in with the original series, which is nice. They tied in Spock with the Enterprise, Spock with Captain Pike, because we didn't know anything about Spock and Pike before the original series came out. We just knew that Spock served with Captain Pike. We saw that on the, uh, on the, oh my God, I can't think of the word right now for uh, the first, for the first show of a TV series, the pilot, I'm sorry, excuse me, the pilot, the cage where we saw Pike and Spock. But did we know that Spock's half sister was the red angel? That Spock's half sister and Spock helped to fight off, you know, section 31. Did we know that? Did we know that? So as far as I'm concerned, it's all canon and Discovery was a great show. And I know a lot of people don't like it because some people say it's too SJW, it's too this, it's too that, it's too modern to be original Star Trek. Well, guys, it's 2020. Well, it was like 2018, 2017 at the time. It's gotta be a little modern. It's gotta be a little modernized. And the SJW, listen, you gotta understand something. Everyone's gonna try to get their shit in on everything, no matter what. No matter what series it is, they can get their stuff in on the Avengers, get their stuff in on movies, whatever. It is what it is, and you just got to deal with it. That's it. Plain and simple. So, but, all right. So, let me talk about the topic that I'm going to talk about today, guys. That's my little rant that's over with. You know, you're, you're going to get a rant from me every single show. It's either it's going to be about... You know, some sort of Star Trek, some producer, some movie that people shit on. So you're going to get that. But what I'm here to talk about is here to talk about probably one of the most underrated movies in the entire Star Trek franchise. A movie that has been criminally, criminally, you know, disrespected. And that is Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh my God, he's talking about Star Trek, the motion picture, the worst fucking movie ever made next to Star Trek V. No, it is not the worst movie ever made. Star Trek, the motion picture is probably one of the best movies, I think, in the entire Star Trek franchise. Now, do people going to disagree with me? Of course they are, because they're like, how can you say that? Star Trek II, yeah, listen, Wrath of Khan and Star Trek VI are the two greatest Star Trek movies ever. Plain and simple. I mean, there, there's no debating that. It's like 1A and 1B. But the motion picture is a really great movie. And the most, what, what, to me, when I watch the motion picture, I'm taking through an absolute different, I'm taking through the seriousness of what it is to be in Starfleet, of what it is to be on a starship, to fight an entity that is going to destroy your way of life, destroy the world. That's interesting. It's also interesting, too, to see after, to see how 
the characters are coming back after not being together for so long. Because by the time the movie came out, Spock wasn't in Starfleet anymore. Neither was DeForest Kelly. And Shatner was promoted to Admiral. Chekhov was still there. Chekhov was still serving on the Enterprise, along with Sulu. Sulu was the head navigator, and Chekhov was in charge of defense. So, you know, it... So, and Kirk isn't the captain of the Enterprise. So what's going on? It's how the characters get back, and they get back to how they were. That's the interesting part. It's a thinking man's movie. It's not like Star Wars where it's like, oh, we're going to go bang, bang, and oh, yeah, we all good and bad. No, it's a thinking man's movie. It is. And you don't know who the enemy is because you don't know what the enemy is. You don't know if it's a ship. You don't know if it's a another race. You don't know that. But then when you find out who the enemy is in the motion picture, it shakes. It shook me to the core. Because the enemy in the motion picture is actually the enemy that is being created now. You wonder what that enemy is? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait until I stooge it off a little later on in the podcast. But, you know, I mean, the movie itself has unbelievable um, scenery. The computer uh, graphics were were really good for the 70s, I thought. The way they had the set designs and everything where the Enterprise was sailing into space and into different parts of the enemy. I'm giving it off a little bit. And the music, Jerry Goldsmith outdid himself on the soundtrack of this. The opening of the movie with Ilea's theme and you are sitting in the theaters in pitch black and all of a sudden the stars come out and the Ilea's theme plays. It is it just it makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. It is the most beautiful thing in cinema. So you have that, and then it goes into the motion picture theme, Star Trek theme, which is the next generation theme. Which to me, when I first saw this movie, my mind fucking blew up. My mind's like, oh my god, it's the next gen theme. And it was in the motion picture. So, but I was a novice Star Trek fan. I didn't know. I know most grizzled old Star Trek fans are like freaking freaking greenhorn. You don't know about that. Well, I didn't. Okay. God, cut me some slack. But, and the movie basically shows in the opening scene, this entity just destroy three Klingon, three Klingon uh, new ships, which are the Katala class warships. And the, 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 the entity destroys them like that. After, after, the, after the ships launch about a shit ton of photon torpedoes at it, thinking, thinking that they destroyed it, but in reality, they did not destroy it. It just pissed it off. 
So after the after the alien, I'm gonna call it the alien alien after the alien entity destroys these Klingon warships, it's sailing towards Earth. Kind of scary that an entity or an alien can just destroy something like that and be on our way here to make us feel small, to make us feel like we are nothing in this universe. That movie made me feel like that watching it saying, man, is there something out there? Is there something out there that can do that to us? Like right now, is this really a documentary or is this the future? Are they predicting the future? I don't know. And that's what I love about Star Trek. And that's what I love about this movie is you don't know. It makes you think that this, and it could really, this thing could honestly happen because space is so vast. We don't know what's in space. Space is, space is the unexplored ocean. Space is, it's so vast. You don't know what's in space. And that's why I love about Star Trek. Because they explore it. And that's really what makes the imagination go wild. So the entity is on its way to Earth. And a Starfleet monitoring station at Epsilon 9 is monitoring it. Sending friendship, you know, sending friendship messages. Hey, you know, we're friends. Please don't do anything hastily. Don't attack us. The entity vaporizes Epsilon 9, just like what it did to the Klingon warships. Vaporizes it. Fuck. That's probably what the Federation president said. What are we going to do? Well, guess what? You call in the big gun. You call in the man. You call on the individual that has saved the earth countless of times from different aliens and entities. You call in Kirk, James T. Kirk. At the time, was Admiral Kirk at the time. He had given up command of the Enterprise. But Kirk, sensing this, sensing that the earth was in trouble, sensing that he had the most experience as he told Federation he told the Federation president and the Federation council, listen, trust me, I have the experience. I can take on this entity. I can save the earth. Give me back command of the enterprise. Because that's what Kirk wanted all this time. Do you think Kirk, if, if you watched the original series, if you read the books, the Star Trek books, like, like, like the Andrade's Maelstorm, or I forgot what the name of the book was when he first took command. I read it when I was in Greece. I couldn't put it down. But if you read the books, you sense how much he loves command, how much he loves being in the captain's chair. You can't take him out of the captain's chair. You, you, you can't because that's like a piece of him. The captain's chair is an extension of James T. Kirk. And for Kirk to give up command of the Enterprise to become an admiral... It was to him, it was probably the next logical step. You know, because his crew wasn't there. Spock wasn't there. McCoy retired. I mean, Sulu and, and Chekhov were there, but, you know, you know, whatever. And so was Scotty. But his friend Spock wasn't there. Spock or Bones weren't there. 
I'm making assumptions. <laughs> really, really wish he would have done a little bit more. The, the one thing I had to say about the Star Trek, the motion picture, I wish he would have done a little bit more of character work in there. That's the only thing I wish they could, could explain that the reason why Spock left Starfleet, why McCoy wasn't Starfleet anymore, why Kirk gave up command of the Enterprise. It's like, why? Why did he do that? I want to know why. Why? Damn it, I need to know why. They didn't explain that. And that's the one thing that I wish that Robert Wise and Gene Roddenberry would have done in that movie is explain the reason why. But... You know, Kirk was chief of Starfleet operations. He got promoted to that. So, I mean, you know, he, his life was pretty full. His life was pretty busy. But, <laughs> and the entity. Guess what Starship was in proximity to encounter the entity? Take one guess. I'll give you two. The first one doesn't count. Did you guess? the fucking enterprise as always <laughs> the enterprise was the only ship in the vicinity of the entity so kirk having promoted a, a young up-and-coming starfleet officer you know to the enterprise thought, oh you know my you know he's gonna continue the legacy of the enterprise well he wasn't i don't think the cap the new captain enterprise would have been ready for this entity coming in and um, he convinced the Federation to basically for him to take command of the starship to confront the entity. And the Feder and the council was like, yeah, okay. You're over, Kirk. Dude, you're over. You're like Hulk Hogan, dude. Bro, you're over. It's yours. So, so Kirk uses his authority, convinces the, the the Federation Council to take control of the Enterprise, which he does. Also during this time, too, the scene cuts back to Spock on Vulcan. Spock. Live long and prosper. Vulcan nerve pinch. Man of little emotions. Actually, man of no emotions. Spock is on Vulcan performing the, the ritual of Kolinar, which is the Vulcan ritual of cleansing all emotions from your body. I mean, we're talking, this is some serious stuff here that, that Spock's going through. Spock is doing it. But he hears something off in the distance. It's the entity. It's calling to him. He has a connection with it. I don't know why, I don't know how, but he has a connection with this entity. And he diverts his attention from the ritual. And the Vulcan high priestess sees that, throws down the necklace to place over him, and says, you have not clinched all your emotions, Spock. You cannot, you cannot go on and call a nar. This crushes Spock. Crushes Spock. So Spock wants to know what this entity is and why it's calling to him. I think we all know what happens. So then we also see Kirk meet Scotty in a space shuttle uh, 
you know, and like in a, in a little space shuttle transport to go to the Enterprise because the Enterprise is, is in space dock. The Enterprise has been going through a, a, a retrofit because, hey, you know, we got to modernize. You know, the Klingons have new warships. We can't send out the old Constitution class out there to fight them because we're going to be all gunned and all manned. At the time, the Federation didn't have a treaty with the Klingons. Kittimer had not yet happened yet. The, you know, so, so they had to, and, and you had those, and you had those, and those damn Romulans, okay? Those freaking Romulans, too, on top of it, out there as well. So they needed to upgrade their class of starships. So they retrofitted the, the, the Enterprise with the refit. And I think, bar none, it is the best looking starship in all of cinema was the Enterprise refit from the motion picture. Just an unbelievable, beautiful ship, the way they did it. Everything just ungodly, imaginative. It's, it's like a piece of art. I will have a print of that hanging up on my wall soon. Trust me on that. So, and while they're going up to the Enterprise, you know, Kirk tells Scotty, I got her back, Scotty. I got her back. And Scotty's like, got who back, sir? Scotty thinking it was a conquest of Kirk's back in the day. And Kirk goes, the Enterprise. I got her back, Scotty. Scotty was smiling and, you know, Kirk's like, Scotty, I need her to launch in 72 hours. We have a entity coming that's going to destroy everything in its path. And Scotty's like, don't you worry, Captain. She'll be ready in 72 hours. Just as always as a good engineer does. And while they're going up to the Enterprise, Jerry Goldsmith just released a piece of music to go along with that where it just showcases the ship. Really, the, sh- the the Enterprise is the star of this movie. It is the star of this movie. It is unbelievable. And uh, just beautiful. So they get to the ship, and Kirk tells William Decker, who's the captain of the Enterprise, who Kirk promoted to the promote to be the captain of the enterprise tells him, Yeah, I'm taking this over, Decker. This is above your pay grade, buddy. I'm taking over. Decker didn't like it. Decker was pissed because Decker's like, You haven't been out on the field in years. I've been studying this ship. I've been studying this ship. You haven't. You don't know where anything is. A lot of tension. Just like how I did those pauses in between that. A lot of tension between them. And Kirk goes, well, that's why you're my first officer. And that's an order. So, now mind you, you know, Kirk didn't know about the engines not being tested, the new warp engines. And other items with the ship. It's like, it's like, bro, you don't know this. You haven't been briefed. It would have been good if he could have kept Decker in the captain's chair and he could have overlooked Decker. But that didn't happen. You know, Kirk didn't know about the new engines being calibrated. 
he also, you know, t- didn't know the ship's new systems either, but Decker did. Enterprise's new systems along with their new transporter system. Unfortunately, the new transporter system kills their Vulcan science officer. Sonak. Leaves them like a sack of potatoes. It was... It was a little hard to watch. So, guess what? Decker's got to be the science officer, too, until they find a new science officer. Well, they do get a new science officer, and that's Commander Spock. So, Spock is back on. Um, McCoy returns as the doctor. He actually, before they, before they, before they beamed in, McCoy came before Sonak, who got destroyed. So McCoy was okay, but Sonak got the worst of it. Spock, uh, they picked up Spock around Vulcan when they were sailing to meet the entity. And while they leave Space Dock, Kirk uh, wants to put the ship into warp, not testing out the new engines. And they hit a wormhole and they almost destroy the ship. And in the wormhole, there was a giant meteor. If they would hit that meteor, the meteor, that's it. The Enterprise would have been destroyed. Kirk wanted to fire the photon torpedoes. But firing the new photon torpedoes in a wormhole would have destroyed the Enterprise. Instead, Decker called for them to use the phasers. And the phasers destroyed the rock and they got out of the wormhole. Decker made Kirk look like a fucking idiot. And Kirk was hot. So, needless to say, you know, you know, Kirk and Decker had a come to Jesus meeting and basically Kirk told Decker, listen, you're the first officer. I value your opinion. But please do not embarrass him like that ever again. But Kirk should know that he doesn't know these systems. So that was kind of funny. That was a funny, funny part of the movie. And Spock is not the Spock that you remember from the series. Spock is very cold. He's not engaging McCoy like he did before. And there's a funny scene there where they where they meet, you know, in the lounge. And it's just, you know, they kind of go at it a little bit. Kirk then shows the crew of the Enterprise. I don't know how they got video footage of V'ger destroying Epsilon 9, but they did. It was very, very chilling, and it scared the crap out of everyone on the crew. So the Enterprise eventually meets V'ger. V'ger then decides that it needs someone to speak for V'ger because V'ger is a giant entity. V'ger is not a race. And V'ger is that entity. As I stooge it off. So V'ger decides to kidnap Ilea. Now Ilea is a navigational officer who Decker has the hots for. But Ilea is Dalton and she has taken a vow of celibacy. So she cannot get it on with Decker. But they are very much in love. As you can tell. 
And Vizier attacks Spock. It attacks the bridge. It kidnaps Ilea. Ilea then comes back, but as Viger and speaks through Viger. And Viger basically, Viger's goal is to kill all the carbon units, all organic material. Oh crap. That's human beings. That's non, that's all living beings but not machines, not machines. So Ilea is, Ilea, a.k.a., you know, V'ger's vessel is on the starship with everybody there. You know, <laughs> McCoy takes her into sick bay, checks her out. She's all good. You know, but she's, has a lot of these nerve endings going through there. Ilea's not there anymore. Ilea's gone. As far as uh, McCoy knows. And then there's a very touching scene with Decker and Ilea where Decker tries to make her, tries to make her remember that she is Ilea. And you get some very, very emotional scenes where She's beginning to come around where she's beginning to fight Viger's hold on her, but then Viger wins out in the end. So then they come to Viger, the entity known as Viger, and they're sailing inside Viger. And the scenery is unreal. Absolutely unreal. I was mesmerized by it the first time I saw it. I'm still mesmerized every, every time I see it. And inside V'ger, there is a hole, almost as Spock put in, orifice, the V'ger orifice. And inside there is V'ger, and it is calling out to Spock. So then Spock decides to go on a spacewalk and goes inside V'ger and sees that V'ger is not organic, that V'ger is inorganic, that V'ger is a machine that has just got so much knowledge and power and but Viger needs to mate with its maker it wants to meet its maker it wants to mate with it but who the hell made Viger Viger thinks its maker is on earth and wants to mate with its maker and if it doesn't it's going to destroy everything So when, when Kirk finds all this information out, he's able to use that to his advantage where he tells Viger, listen, I will make you meet your maker. You'll be able to mate with your maker. So, so the Enterprise goes inside the Viger, inside the Viger orifice and inside Viger and actually gets out of the ship. I mean, there is no space inside Viger. If there's like air in there, you can walk. So they walk to where Viger is broadcasting it, where that reign of Viger is. And they're trying to figure it out. And they do figure it out that Viger is actually the Voy is a Voyager satellite. 
sent up by the United States over a hundred years over so many years ago before the United Federation of Planets became something. It was a very, very chilling thing to me because this could happen with any one of our satellites. Our satellite could go into a black hole and all of a sudden meet a group of aliens or a group of race that could reprogram it and make it smarter than us and make it come back and take us out. I know that's all, you know, kooky conspiracy talk and kooky conspiracy theory, but it is something that needs to be in the back of our mind, something that could happen. Technology is taking over things way too quickly and it is making us we're losing our humanity every single day by using this type of technology by using technology every day and that's what scares me but that's neither here nor there so Viger is ready to meet its maker <laughs> and Kirk Spock McCoy and Decker are like shit what are we gonna do So Decker goes, it's going to be me. And Decker goes through Voyager, finds something that's the disconnected wires of Voyager satellite to broadcast back to the United States. And Decker takes the plunge and mates with Ilea and Viger. And they create a new race of man and machine. And you even hear McCoy say, you know, we just witnessed the birth. We just gave birth to a new race. Witness birth to a new race of man and machine. That's scary. Now, back in the 70s, you know, it, it was unthinkable. Now... Now it is. And that's what scares me. And obviously the movie ends with, you know, where all the, the crew, they, they begin to interact the way that they did. And uh, the movie ends with Sulu asking Kirk, where to, Captain? And Kirk goes, somewhere over there, Mr. Sulu, over there. Past, past, past those set of planets, and the movie ends. So the movie to me showed that we are small and insignificant when it comes to stuff that's in space, and that some of our own creations might come back and be the end of us. So just want everyone to think about that. Everyone to remember that before we laud or we praise the next big technological advancement that thinks is going to help us out but really in all honesty is it really going to help us out or is it going to come back to bite us in the ass oof got some deep shit on you guys today didn't i <laughs> but uh guys that's gonna be it for me because 
37 minutes, that's that's more than enough. I've gave you enough content for your ear holes here for the Star Trek podcast. Remember, guys, to visit our sponsors, uh, Russo Bro Coffee, thebrosters.com. Steve is a really good friend of mine. Great coffee. Uh, Zerdos Olive Oil, great stuff. Russo Brand for the best in wrestling content. Russo's brand, also music and everything else. Also, too, for Zerdos Olive Oil, zerdosoliveoil.com. That's the website. Forgot to mention that. Also, too, I think it's the 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 Ride Tech Home Podcast, 25-minute podcast talking about what's new in technology after I just ran it down. But, guys, but give them a listen. It's 25 minutes. You know, you could learn about the next new hot thing from Apple or from Microsoft to help you make some money in the stock market because with the way things have been going with the coronavirus and COVID, we need – we need a couple wins here to help us, you know, recoup some lost money for those who haven't been working and who've lost out on paychecks. But guys, listen, this is me, uh, AKA triple D AKA captain Zerdos of the U S S uh, Greek ship. I'll just say that just to be stupid, but guys, listen, uh, you guys have a wonderful day, wonderful night, whatever time you're listening to this. God bless you, and hopefully we'll return two weeks from now with Triple D's Star Trek podcast. Peace.